Welcome back. We have a special session underway at the Capitol. Three slave women honored by statues and a horse-drawn carriage found. I'm Mike Morgan and we're down in Alabama. Special session is underway as the Alabama legislature considers the latest proposal to get new prisons built as part of an overhaul of the Alabama prison system. An overhaul that was ordered by the U.S. Justice Department when it deemed Alabama's prisons to be in such poor shape and so dangerous that they amounted to cruel and unusual punishment. Now, under this plan, funding to build the prisons would come from a $785 million bond issue, $400 million in federal funds from the American Rescue Plan Act, and $154 million from the State General Fund. AL.com Capital reporter Mike Kaysen broke down three areas of potential debate as lawmakers sink their teeth into this thing. First, why would they be using $400 million of federal coronavirus relief money? Other than the old Mount Everest reason, because it's there. Alabama Democratic Party Chair Chris England has already thrown a flag on that, arguing that there are better uses for COVID relief. Now, while the Treasury Department has requirements on how COVID relief can be used, Alabama officials are saying the state has some flexibility if it can show it lost revenue because of the pandemic. State Finance Director Bill Poole said he expects Alabama to certify that it lost at least $400 million in revenue. Now, the second point is to reform Alabama's sentencing laws. The proposal from Governor Kay Ivey takes a couple steps at possibly reducing the number of people incarcerated. One reform that would allow nonviolent offenders sentenced before 2013 to apply for new sentences under current sentencing guidelines. There were some changes back in 2013. Another reform in the proposal would expand a supervised release requirement to inmates sentenced before 2015 when that requirement was put into place. The ACLU is joining a push for more sentencing reform, and we might see Democrats go after the Habitual Felony Offender Act. And a third point is that the proposal, at least for the two men's prisons to be built during the first phase of the plan, gets around the usual competitive bidding process and allows the state to award contracts to whoever is deemed qualified to build the prisons. Lawmakers who support the proposal are saying they've already vetted and selected companies under that earlier proposal to build prisons, and they can save a lot of money and time by going with those, keeping in mind that there are deadline pressures from the Justice Department, which wants the prison system cleaned up, and the American Rescue Plan funds, which are supposed to be spent by 2026. House Majority Leader Nathaniel Ledbetter, quote, It looks like if we went back to the drawing board, it would probably cost taxpayers up to $75 million or more, and it would cost us probably another year before construction could start. With this plan, we will see dirt moved in the first quarter of next year. Now, we could see the House vote on this proposal as early as Wednesday. Three new statues in Montgomery pay tribute to three of the slave women who were used for gynecological experiments back in the 1840s, reports AL.com's Dennis Pillion. Montgomery physician J. Marion Sims 
has long been known as the father of modern gynecology. Some of the techniques and tools he developed are still around, but the darker side of his work is now well known. Sims conducted experimental surgeries on slave women, and three of his subjects, named Anarcha, Lucy, and Betsy, are being honored with statues made of metal items welded together by Montgomery artist and activist Michelle Browder. The statues were unveiled last week at a ceremony. Multiple people have been charged in the case of a stolen horse-drawn carriage in Brighton, Alabama, reports AL.com's Carol Robinson. The carriage, which is owned by Magic Tours, was taken early Saturday morning from the St. Mark AME Church, where it was expected to transport a family to a funeral. The Magic Tours owner, Frank Tate, left the carriage there to get the horses that were supposed to draw it, and when he got back, it was gone. However, the thieves apparently weren't able to blend in among all the other horse-drawn carriages in Brighton, and we can only speculate they weren't able to unload it on a horse-drawn carriage chop shop. It was Monday afternoon when the carriage was found, and multiple suspects turned into pumpkins. Thank y'all for listening. We'll be back bright and early tomorrow. Until then, remember to lock up your horse-drawn carriages and know that you have an invite to come by and see us anytime you want to on the World Wide Web at AL.com.